Hello and welcome to Behind the Clipboard. I'm Tamara Cook from Known Associates Events and I'm here with my fellow events guru, Melissa Howie. Hello. As always, we're recording this podcast on unceded Wajak Noongar Budja. We're grateful and respectful to the beautiful Wajak elders and people, past and present, as we share their country. Welcome to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the insider toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise. So Mel... How are you? It's been ages since we've been in the uh, old studio. I know, I'm a bit nervous actually, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's I'm great. We are still in really busy event time over here. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a bit of a hiatus because um, the old C-bomb threw a curveball at us at the beginning of the year and oh, it all got a bit too much and time got away from us, but I'm so happy to be back talking to our Behind the Clipboard audience. I've really missed doing this and missed mm. sharing. There's been a lot of ex- um, event experiences where I've just gone, oh, I wish I could talk about this on the podcast and we just haven't had the space to record it. So yeah. we've we've got a lot of uh, stories banked up to share with you and a lot of advice and tips. That's what's good about the break. Boy, have had we had some experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so today's topic we'll dive on in is team briefings. So these might seem insignificant but they're the cornerstone of every good event. It's the time you get to brain dump and share everything you've been working on and how it's going to roll out and it's also your ultimate chance to explain what the event purpose is and who's involved and how it's going to run. So in the events world Mel what does a briefing look like? Well something you taught me and as well to treat them like a halftime coach's speech at the football. So it's your time to (laughs) excite the team and your suppliers, um, get everyone pumped up for an amazing event and something I personally struggle with but, you know, trying to forget your stress for a second and uh, pass on how cool the event is because usually the bigger the event, the more exciting it actually is for everyone involved, except the event manager who's very, very, very stressed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but also, it's a time where um, you've often got, if it is a really large event, you've often got a lot of people coming in from different areas that may not have a full grasp of what they're about to work on. So the briefing gives you a really good time and space to um, educate them on what what the event means to the people, to the guests um, that are attending and also the hosts or the clients that are running it, you can really um, get that message across and it could be to a volunteer team or, um, you know, so many different moving parts for a big event. So you've got that point of contact to drive it home much more than you can on paper, like when you'd send out a run sheet, for instance. And I think, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Run sheets, we love them. They're our detail Bibles, but not that many people read them in detail. So it's also a really great opportunity to go through it verbally and impress on whoever you're briefing at the time their important key timings and like absolutely essential things that they do that they may have missed if they didn't read the run sheet in complete detail. 100%. So who are we briefing and when? Let's start with 
the events team because I think that is, I mean, that's the ultimate briefing. That's usually Absolutely. done well before the event, not too far before because obviously things change all the time. But I like to do a team briefing the night before or the day before the event. Yeah, I think that's really good timing. And it, I would say it's probably, they're all very, very important, but the events team is the, the core people who are going to bring it together, particularly in a big event where everyone is managing one particular element. Yeah, so we're talking here about events manager, coordinator. Um, Stage manager. Yeah. there's Talent. Floor manager. All mm. the various roles that the events professionals are going to execute. Mm-hmm. As That's who we're talking about when we say the events team. So what are we going to brief the events team on? Okay. Well, I hit you with my list and then you can go with yours. Sure. So I would cover off um, an overview of the company or the vibe of the event, the reason we're holding this event, um, and then go over the run sheet in detail. So outlining individual team members' roles as you go and highlighting crucial timings or crunch points Mm. um, that you see. Where For you, where would you do this briefing? I would do it in the office before the event. And I mean, this is assuming you're all part of one team, but you can just find a central location to go to. And then also on site. So I would also go over, it doesn't have to be detailed on site, but a quick overview to check that nothing's changed since you went through it. And to be honest, most of the time something has changed. Yeah. Once you've got on site. (laughs) So true. So for us here at Known Associates, we would go into our boardroom and we'd put the run sheet up on a screen so that everyone can clearly see step by step what we're going through when it when we're um, going through the run sheet and really allow people time to ask questions because this is the moment where if they don't understand something that they have read in the run sheet already, this is the time where they can go, what does that mean and who's that person and should I be standing here or there or what? where should I be at that point? Yeah. Um, you really need to take your time and make sure you get absolute clarity from your team at that point. If you allow, say, I don't know, I can't put a time on it because it's different with every event, but if you allow a short a, pe- a short period of time to go through your team briefing and go through the run sheet, you're going to whiz through all this stuff and you may have people walk out of that room thinking, eh, I still don't really know what I'm doing. So one of my key takeaways from today's episode is allow time for questions. Absolutely. Um, and these might come up in questions, but things also that you can cover, arrival time, dress code, where to park. Basically, you want to make the team feel as comfortable and confident as you can for when they arrive so they know everything about the event. Yeah. And a key one, whether they are catered for and what time this will be. So quite often, and I've had this a lot recently, is they don't serve crew meals until they've served the entire ballroom which means that the team may not be fed dinner and it's only the main course, whereas the guests will get for a seated event, for example, maybe canapes, then entree, then main course. Our dinner wasn't coming out until like 9.30. So you need to prepare the team for that. If they need to really carb load before the event, um, that is also really important information. Absolutely. Because you never want hangry people in an event Hell space. no. <laughs> and especially <laughs> when there's particular. all these beautiful... Um, plates full of food oh, going yeah. past your nose and you're smelling it and seeing it and all you want to do is eat it but you can't. <laughs> yes, that that's even worse when you can see the food but it's just, just slightly out of reach. Yeah, 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 that's a very <laughs> good point. So know when they can eat, what can they, what they can eat. Yeah, make sure you've have 
covered that for them. Uh, and then any quirky event elements the team needs to be aware of. So a key example we've talked about on the podcast before, like if the guests have received a puzzle before the event and they're bringing a puzzle piece to make on the night, that's something that guests are probably going to ask an official looking person with a clipboard. And if they don't know what that is or what's going on, then that's going to look unprofessional from your side. Yeah, that is a gold tip. Having everyone in the room, and this is from event staff down to volunteers and sometimes depending on the venue, venue staff as well, if there's some really unusual tricky parts to the event, just having them having a, a brief understanding of what it is or knowing where to send them to get a detailed answer. Yeah, totally. What about... Did you, is there anything I've missed on that list? Um, defining roles is really important. So when you walk into that event space, the team should be 100% briefed on what their particular role is. They should really know what role they're stepping into, whether it be stage manager, floor manager, if they're in control of, say, it's an awards night, setting up all of the trophies and the certificates um who's briefing the MC all of those things are assigned to different roles so you have to make sure that, that briefing that everyone knows exactly what their role is and it's in your best interest because when they turn up on the day uh you anything could have gone wrong everything might be going right you just don't know you need your team to hit the ground running go disperse and do exactly what you need them to do without just waiting around wondering like needing to ask you questions on the day. That is so true. If they can't be autonomous, you've failed. Yep. Because you can't be everywhere. And like you said, when something goes wrong, your attention's drawn somewhere else and you need to know that they're just going to be cogs in the machine doing what you've already briefed them on. And it totally adds to the stress when there's already something going wrong and then there's five people going, where do you need me? What do you want me to do? What's going on here? What do we need to do ah, this? the worst. <laughs> and also we're going to talk about um, other types of briefings in a, in a moment, but... If you've briefed them well enough before the event, those team members can go and do the next briefings on site. So that saves you from having to do it on the day. Yeah, so they can then brief their um, suppliers, team, yeah. Yeah, suppliers, volunteers, etc. Yeah. Very good point. So another part of the briefing that's really important is providing the key contacts. So once you've assigned those roles, for example, and sometimes this can't happen the day before it happens on the day, but if you can... Give them the floor manager's name and phone number. Give them the security um, details so that they can contact them to let people in for bumping, etc. Give them the audio-visual manager's name. So obviously, it's not always the same person in the lead-up to the event as who's on the floor on the day, particularly with big, large-scale events, balls and um, cocktail functions, where you've worked with a sales manager the whole way through and then on the day they have their key staff that come in and actually run the event. Yeah, so you need to provide those key contacts to your team as well in advance as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And that is another reason why briefings are so important on site. As you mentioned, a lot of the time the people that you've talked about in detail to organise food timings, AV, whatever it is, are not the people that work on the day. Usually it's a Saturday or a Sunday. It's casual staff. Um, they don't have the same background information. So it's so important. Correct. Um, probably something else you didn't mention is, or maybe you did, what to wear. Mm -hmm. Did you mention it? I did. Dress code. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. You want people to feel comfortable. I mean, mention it twice. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it is a good one. Don't forget it. Um, and also VIPs. Mm. So if you've got any VIPs coming to the event, who are they? 
what do they mean to the event? Do they need a special greeting? Quite often if it's politicians, etc., you have to assign one person to go and meet them right at the car and bring them into the event. Um, and then once they are in the room, that special person needs to be every all of the event staff need to be aware who that special person is. So if they do encounter them, they you know, just have their best behaviour. <laughs> totally. There's <laughs> nothing more awkward and it has happened before when someone very important, say it's the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, turns up to meet and greet and the volunteer goes, hi, name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm so sorry, please come on in. <laughs> that would be a disaster. <laughs> True. So we've briefed our events team. We're ready to go in for the day. Who are the other groups of people we need to brief? Shall I fire them off quick fire and then we can go through details? Sure. So we uh, should brief if there's volunteers involved in the event and sometimes that can be an extension of the event staff briefing uh, on site as well. The AV team, as we mentioned before, is almost always a different person from the sales manager. Uh, the venue staff and then the MC is a really crucial one. Um and auctioneer, if applicable, obviously, it's for very specific events. But basically anyone who's a very large part of the event. Suppliers, depending what they're doing, you can give them a quick run through when they're on site. For sure, entertainment, DJs, if they're running the whole night, that sort of thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the main point of doing those mini briefings with suppliers is you've sent a run sheet, you assume they've read it, you just need to make sure they're on the same page. Yeah. You're reiterating basically what you've gone through in your run sheet. Key things that suppliers will care about in your quick run through is the times that they're required to be doing whatever they're doing and if they're being fed and what time that is from experience. (laughs) And what time they can break. What time they can break, whether they're being fed or not and what time they can leave. Yeah, and also where they're going during their break. So do they need to stay in the room? Do they have a green room? Can they go off-site and get Maccas? Yeah. Can they go home and see their family? Which, I'm not kidding, some band members do this. So they'll come and set up, do their sound check and then take off for – because it might be a four or five-hour break. So they'll take off. They'll come back. So And if you don't talk about that beforehand, quite often they'll take it upon themselves to just go. And quite sometimes in the main course break is when you need all your suppliers – on. It's the break for the guests, which means that all entertainment activities in the room need to be going. If they've thought, oh, we've got a big break here, let's go off to the toilet and then maybe I'll grab some Maccas on the way back, that's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So having that conversation is absolutely crucial. So when it comes to volunteers, what do we need to go through with them? So volunteers, um, similar to the events team, but probably definitely in less detail, um, introducing key event figures at the start, I think is something that you and I have learned from past experience. If someone, one person does the volunteer briefing and then throughout the night, the event manager or another event manager in your team needs to ask them to do something. In the past, we've received a bit of like who the hell are you? Who? Why would you be telling me what to do? Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is such a good tip. Your volunteers need to know all the key event staff. So if somebody comes up and gives them a direction, they're not going to have their backup. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's understandable if, you know, you're just there to help out and then you've got people barking orders at you. If you don't know who they are, why should you follow their direction? Like they probably know what they're doing, but if you're not introduced formally, and they are explained to that this is a really important person and please follow them, even if it contradicts what I've just said to you, <laughs> which it shouldn't. 
um, yeah, it can cause problems mm. and egos get get hurt. Yeah, definitely. And they like, nope, I know what I'm doing. I've been told already. Mm. So they don't. They, I mean, and it's not volunteers' fault if they haven't been introduced to those people. That's right. And the reasons why these things would come up and it would be a contradiction is something changes and where, you know, the events team is on their headsets and everyone in the event management team knows. But, yeah, you've got to um, often dilute or disperse that information. Mm, and happens more often than you would like. Yes. Um, so volunteers, it's really important to give them an overview of the reason for the event um, and a brief overview of formalities and then detailed um, insight into the key volunteer roles and where those fit in within the formalities. And then as we've mentioned, who the contact is to go to if there's any issues. So you might introduce the whole event team, but say for floor issues, anything like that, you go to this person, anything fundraising related or whatever, you go to this person um, so that they know exactly and they can put a face to the name. Yeah. And often you'll have your own um, separate volunteer run sheet, particularly on really large events. So it's a little mini version of the full run sheets, just takes out the key parts of the event for them. So this is the time during the briefing that you can also go through, step them through the duties and the timings that are happening. Yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, we should just say this is an overall and then stop mentioning it, but basically everyone cares about when they're going to be fed, if they're going to be fed and when. (laughs) (laughs) And volunteers is a huge one, obviously, because they're donating their time. So they, of course, expect to be looked after while they're there. Yeah, as they should. Absolutely. Yeah, so break times and meal times. Yeah. Anything else? Um, just VIPs again, if I can reiterate that they know who that is, but that's, um, I think you pretty covered mm-hmm. it very well, Mel. Cool. So what would you include in an AV team briefing then? So this is where you're going to confirm things like run-through times for on-screen content. So you'll arrive on site, you'll sit down with the AV team and say, look, I need to go through uh, the on-screen content and it may take... I don't know, up to an hour and a half sometimes, depending on how detailed the event is. Um, so you need to ensure that the time you've scheduled is still working for their their timeline on that day. So you may have it you may have it all listed in the run sheet, ready to go at twelve PM. You get on site and one of their texts hasn't shown up, so they're say two hours behind so you may need to rejig that so getting on site and confirming straight away when you can do your run-throughs with them um on-screen content is one sound checks uh mc sound checks things like that you just want to confirm with them that it's all going to either go to the schedule that you'd originally planned or what does it change to and also confirming what they need to have prepared or downloaded before you do that run through. Oh, yes. Quite often I sit down to do it and they haven't got the screen content or they're missing two videos that are in the order of proceedings or they haven't installed the font, which is a huge one. Yeah. Um, and this is yeah. this is that disconnect that happens between sales teams and operational teams. Totally. So this is – your briefing is that moment where you can say, okay, have you got this, 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 and what time can we go through it? Yeah. And then the briefing for the AV team, I think it would vary as well depending on if they're the in-house team. So sometimes we we do briefings and they know the venue better than us. They know the back of house. They know when they can bump out. We don't really um, have to tell them that. If it's, for example, we did an event on the raft recently, it's a very unique location. Um, Guest departure wasn't just one time. Guest departure took a long time because the tender boat had to go back and forth a few times. Mm -hmm. So things like if a soft bump out can start 
while well, guests are there, what time can they start packing down? All that sort of stuff I think is important to cover as well. Absolutely. The briefing is the time that you get to workshop any necessary changes. So there was an event that we did where we actually travelled interstate and we had booked a screen. We, we had multiple screens and the screen behind the stage was supposed to be at the same level as all of the other screens within the room. For some reason they had a problem getting a rigger at this time and they could not lift the screen off the stage. So the screen, it was a beautiful screen, like the actual, um, it wasn't LED, was it? What was the? Plasma? It was something, yeah, it was beautiful <gasps> backdrop. High tech, new yeah. tech. It looked amazing, the image, imagery that you got on it. Um, but it was sitting on the stage. And so we obviously freaked out because it wasn't our plan. And they said, oh, it's okay, we're going to get a rigger, we're, going to, we're calling everyone, we're getting them from this place and this place. And uh, in the end, they could not get someone to rig this screen. And so the end result was it was going to sit at stage level. Turned out perfectly. <laughs> it looked... It looks so good in photos. It looks so <laughs> good in photos because it was an awards night. People were walking up on stage and behind them they had their name Instead of it being above their head, it was right behind them, but not blocking. They weren't blocking the the text. Um, it it just worked really well. But yeah, the briefing was the time we we found out this information, mm. and, and we did have to workshop a few of the slides. I remember we because did. you they were behind the lectern, or there was too much right. It was too wide. You know, there are things naturally always on a stage that you need to work around when it's that low. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had to change things, but luckily we got on uh, got on site really early, had that briefing, and made it work. Yeah. So venue staff, what would you cover on that, and when would you do that? Yeah, so I guess we've gone over it a little bit, but that disconnect between sales and operational crew, venue staff is probably the biggest time that this is really important. So you're going to go through the run sheet. Bumping is underway by now, so you're really going through the time from guest arrival and you're comparing notes. So their sales team has sent through everything, their, their banquet event order or um, running order and you need to make sure that that's matching what's in your run sheet because so many times, how many times does it change? And you think... All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think you got it covered. So this is your time, you sit down... You, you sit in a really calm, quiet corner of the room and you say, okay, this is what's happening at my end. Match it up with what's happening at their end. Make sure you're on the same page. Yeah. Um, you want to get their event, uh, sorry, their mobile number. You want to just be able to contact them for the duration of the event. So mobiles are obviously a really great way to do that. And meet any other relevant team members. So if they've got people working underneath them, one's running the bar, one's running the food, one's running something else. <laughs> um, different parts of the floor. You want to make sure that you're aware who they are as well so that, and that they're aware of who you are yeah. so that when you need something, you can go up to them. Yeah, absolutely. I think also it's important to cover any specific uh, no service periods. So if there's going to be any serious speeches, VIPs, videos that you don't want people walking around during and any specific beverage notes, for example, sometimes cocktails start at 10pm or there's spirits from 9 till 12 and if you've hired any glassware in, so if they're clearing glassware, for example, that isn't the venues, where to return that, 
um, all those sort of notes. They'll also often ask you to go through dietaries and where they're sitting to reconfirm and that's one thing you'll always have probably changed, had extras in the 24 hours before the event. For sure, and um, VIP service as well. Yes, so, so which, which table tables? to start with. Absolutely. And then any changes needed to the, the packs set up, so how many seats there are on each table is also something that often changes last minute. Yep. So another really, really important briefing um, that we try to do with all of our people before the event is MCs. And the more complicated the formalities, definitely the more important this briefing is. Yeah, so this is one that if it's a big event again and, like you said, complicated or super important with the MC role, you want to do it before the event. Definitely. You want to do one that, like preferably, that you can sit down or I know everyone's a fan of Zoom these days and it's a quicker quicker way to do it. Um, Sit down, go through the run sheet with them, go over any certain pronunciations of things, um, the running order, who the client is, purpose, all of that. Um, maybe a week before the event is ideal time. Yeah, definitely. And then you do one on site. Yes, and that's for last minute changes again because basically you always have to prepare for that in events. I think you've covered a lot of them, mainly key processes that involve the MC. For example, what comes to mind is award processes. So whether there's going to be a sting after they read each name, are people going to clap, are they going to come to stage or are they reading them all out at once? What's the screen going to do? And direction, so people movement and they're coming up the left stairs onto the stage, shake hands, going off the right stairs for a photo, for example. So they can help shepherd that person back towards the other side of the stage if that's what you had in mind. Exactly. And then for other, for example, charity events, quite often the MC is involved in a pledge process or they assist with the auction, so that's another important process to talk through, Um, as well as any quirky event elements as well like we talked about in the team briefing so they're the person who's going to want to make notes about that on the side of their mc script if it's not in there already which it should be um and yeah arrival time dress code all the usual things you just reminded me with mc scripts that's one of the things that when you do your initial briefing the week before ask them how they would like it because some people want a a PDF that they'll scribble on with pen. Some people want a Word version so that they can actually go in and change it themselves. Some people want it in 50 size font. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and only on the top half of the page I've had. Right, okay. Yeah. So, because then they don't have to look down too far, as you can hear my voice drags off from the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I haven't mm. had that one. I've had yeah. an MC want to use an iPad. Yeah, right. Yeah, actually he had taken the script that I sent him and he put it on his iPad and that's how he preferred to go through it and asked me, is that okay? I was like, hey, if you want to use technology, go ahead and use technology. Sustainable, we love that. And it also alleviates that problem of going down the page because he's constantly pushing it up. So That's true. Tip for all the MCs out there. Technology scares me though, like it would... It would switch apps all of a sudden or like you'd be (laughs) mid-word. Or someone will FaceTime you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. You have to be out of aeroplane mode for sure. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, repeating that. The one on site, if you've done a pre-event briefing with the MC, can be really quick, run through, literally just cover the changes. Any housekeeping, the venue might have asked you on the day to include. Quite often it's no glass on the dance floor, the emergency evacuations over there, anything like that. Yep. And what they're going to get fed. Sometimes they don't even want to eat food. And that is actually a tricky one for MCs. Sometimes you see the MC 
main meals sitting on their table and everyone else is getting dessert because they've been off doing other things. So, yeah, it is, it's good to let them know. I mean, they should be fed at the same time as everyone else because it's mm-hmm. a break. Um, yeah, but it is good to let them know also when they're going to be fed. Correct. And what. Yeah, <laughs> most people, that's, that's what they're interested in. Yeah. And obviously MCs, like we've said, depending on the MC, the way they prefer their notes will change. The way they like to approach events will change. Some really want to get down into the nitty-gritty of the company culture, what they're about. If it's an award ceremony or it's a staff event or something really specific to one company, they'll delve into that a bit deeper. They might like to talk to someone specifically who's um, you know, going to be running the awards, that sort of thing. So really it's about having that conversation with the MC. Yeah, and it, it is so good when they're that professional Absolutely. and they really want to deep dive into who the company is and the purpose of the event. Yeah. It's the best MC to work with. Totally. And then auctioneer, if applicable, what sort of things would you cover there? Well, obviously going through the auction items, making sure that they can pronounce everything. Sometimes, quite often, you're going to some far, far away place and you need to need them to be able to pronounce the name of the island. Um, and the donors, if, you, if you're reading out the names of the donors, you want to get those absolutely correct because often they're in the room. Yes, good point. Um, and you want to just go through the auction with the auctioneer whether or not they're going to be bantering with the MC so often you'll see the MC will read out the description and the auctioneer will auction the item sometimes auctioneers like to do the whole thing themselves they'll read out the item and then sell it and sometimes especially if they know each other there'll be a bit of banter which makes for a bit of fun during the auction and other things are whether or not the items are physically in the room obviously a holiday will not be but if there's um, a painting that's going to be brought up to stage if they can go and view the item, yeah, things like that, the physicality of the items that they're selling. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, if there's reserves on any of the items, some are hard reserves, like the charity is paying a specific amount and they can't be sold for less than that. And some are soft reserves, like we'd like it to go for this much, but, you know, if you get above this amount, sell it. Yeah, and a good point is whether or not you're going to tell them what the reserve is. Absolutely. And if you're telling them in the briefing and it's not written in the notes, there's a good chance that it's not in the on the screens and it's not in the program. Yeah. So, and I should qualify what I'm saying. So, by them, I mean the guests. Yes. Whether or not you're going yeah. to tell the Always guests. tell the auctioneer. Yeah. The auctioneer <laughs> needs to know. Definitely. <laughs> He'll be like, and the Volkswagen goes for $50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then if there's any pre-lined up bidders or buyers, anything you think is going to be an easy sell or you, you've heard on the grapevine there's going to be a bit of a bidding war, that's good to give the MC, sorry, the auctioneer a heads up about as well. And also if there's going to be spotters, if the volunteers are helping, some prefer no spotters, it complicates things. Mm. Um, and then a pledge process if there's going to be one and they're involved in that as well, how it will run because they are so different. I've seen so many different types of pledges run. Yeah, and it's always good to tell them that the house lights will go up and their stage lights will go off. Auctioneers hate it when they've got stage lights on them because Mm. they can't see the bidders. More often than not, when you're working with a professional audiovisual team, they'll know to turn the stage lights off. Auctioneers like to be reassured of that. Yeah, and if you don't tell them that, they'll probably say, can we have the lights up a bit, even though you were about to do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then (laughs) they just assume you're not onto it. (laughs) Yeah. 
So Mel, what can happen if you don't brief the team? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's worst case. But obviously, um, you'll have little hiccups because people don't know exactly where they should be, what they should be doing. As I mentioned, a supplier might go to the toilet at the wrong time. Yeah. They might wonder when they're going to be fed and they just wander off. Yeah. You're so, just yeah. wasting your resources and you're wasting people's time if they're idle anywhere in the room, not knowing what they're doing, where they're going. Yeah. Also, misunderstandings about written instructions. Correct. So you've sent it, you think it makes sense, they think it makes sense, but you're on completely different pages. Mm. Also, incorrect details can be passed on from the sales manager to the floor manager, which we we did cover. Um, And people, if you don't do briefings and people don't understand the event purpose, it really affects the entire vibe of the event because they just don't know why they're there. So if, if it's a, you know, obviously there's some that are really obvious. So if you're raising money for kids with cancer or um, if it's an awards night for long service employees, they're kind of going to get it. But sometimes event reasons can be a bit ambiguous. So you want to give them a bit of background information as to why they're there, who the people are in the room. Um, if you don't do that, the, yeah, the little cogs in your machine may just go off on a little tangent and it can affect the whole event experience. It's those little things as well that that all come together to give guests such a holistic feeling or immersion in a theme or, for example, um, the photo booth operator knowing that these are all like five-year clients of the, cl- the company, you know, like that sort of thing, knowing where they've come from, why they're there. Yeah, because... To you, make conversation even. Like exactly. Like, wow, I feel so seen. I feel so targeted. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So if it's a 20-year anniversary and your photo booth guy is going around saying, so how long did you work for the company for? Yeah. What a great interaction. Yeah, absolutely. It just adds to that event experience so much. So true. Any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I've just got... I can't begin to impress how important it is. And I know we've said this already. And people won't read your run sheets. That's the one thing that I have to remind myself of. Oh, sadly. They're, they're our Bibles, but, you know, I understand people open a five-page run sheet and they're bringing one thing to the event. They're overwhelmed. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, in a nutshell, brief your teams. You want to brief your events team, your volunteers, your audiovisual staff, venue staff, MCs, auctioneers. Did I miss anyone, Mel? Suppliers, when they're going to be fed, that's all they care about. (laughs) That true. (laughs) So good to be back in your ears. Thank you for joining us for this podcast on briefings and we will be back with you very soon. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. She sells seashells on the seashore. (laughs) (laughs) Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yes, I am ready.